Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen, at snc.tv and local now, channel 525. The man on the cross is a warrior. He's a man of war. And he waged war against your sin. He cursed your sin. He damned your sin in his own death on the tree. He bore the wrath of God in our stead. Is anybody happy about that? That's the work of the interpreter. To be honored with the forgiveness of sins by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, is a, an amazing thing. But before that honor takes place, there must be humility. Hi there. Welcome. This is Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stan, the ministry of Grace Bible Church here in Hayward. Today, as we continue our look at Job chapter 33 and our message called The Forgiveness of Sins, our desire for all men, we'll take a look at the humility that's necessary before honor and the 10 steps to a life of sins forgiven. Please join us for today's broadcast of Way of Grace, our teacher and pastor now. Here's Pastor Jessica Stan. When God begins to deal with you, he doesn't play games with you and tells you how wonderful you are and how much you can add to his kingdom. He comes as an ambassador to let you know all of our guns are aimed at you. And in a nanosecond, you can be in hell. The wages of sin is death. Let me show you a beautiful, beautiful truth here around this interpreter. I just told you the word means to scorn, right? Now, the word scorn is a verb that describes a person who is hypercritical. Follow me now. I got 10 minutes. The word scorn describes a person who is hypercritical, who sits in the seat of being a judge. The scorner is a judge. The scorner is a person that's quick to quarrel. The scorner is a person who assesses things that are going on and gives his or her opinion with vitriol. Do y'all know him? The scorner is the person that has a very nasty attitude, but they sit in judgment over everything. This is the person that Psalm 1 verse 1 says, a godly man won't have anything to do with him. Did you understand that? Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the what? Judgment seat of the scorner. The proverb says, the scorner is proud and haughty, and he deals in proud wrath. What is a scorner? He's someone that's like a bulldog, a pit bull, a rottweiler, loves to be contentious. Do you know why? He's a judge. Y'all know him, don't you? Now, you know what Proverbs chapter 3, verse 34, pull it up, says? 
Watch this now. God scorns the scorner. Proverbs 3.24. God scorns the scorner. Stay with me now. God scorns the scorner. Surely he what? Surely he what? He scorned at the scorner. Stay with me now. He scorned at the scorner, but he gives grace to the what? Stay with me now. When Job says, if there be a messenger, an interpreter, and we have just called him an ambassador, right? But now we're calling him a scorner. Can I tell you why? When God brings you near, he shows you his radical hatred of your sin. God shows you how he scorns your sin. God shows you how he judges your sins. God shows you how your sins are sending you to hell. I'm going to give you seven D's of how God scorns your sin. And I want you to follow this. God first scorns your sin by decreeing them. Do you know all sin is a consequence of God's divine decree? Did you know that God made the light and he made the darkness? God created evil and God created good. Did he not? Sin has been decreed by God from before the foundation of the world, was it not? If he didn't decree it, it would not be. What's comforting for me about that is that this interpreter is my messenger. You know what he's letting me know? Sin never caught God by surprise. Raise your hand if that's comforting. Sin never caught God by surprise. It never caught God by surprise. It's part of God's plan to let sin into the world. He already told you and I, don't listen to him. But if you do, he's already decreed that it's going to have its way. But God is the author of everything, is he not? He's the first cause. And the scorning judge has decreed your sin. He's also decreed the power of your sin. You know what Genesis 2.17 says? In the day that you eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall surely what? Is that right? If you really believe what I just said, the scorner has taught you well. Stay with me now. The person who radically judges, who is quick to despise, hate, and, and, and judge sin has shown you how ugly sin is. He's shown you that sin is something that he warned our first parents about, that it would get them. And it got them, didn't it? So God decrees sin. And then not only does he decree sin, he declared its power. Thirdly, he defines its scope. God's the one that defines the scope of sin. What do you mean, Pastor? Romans 3.28 says, all have sinned. Everybody in the whole world. We got about 8 billion people living on the planet. You know what we all have in common? We're sinners. God has defined the scope of sin. The scorner, the judge, has said, I'll let it in. I have actually given it its power. It'll kill you. And I have declared that everyone is a sinner. You got that? See, when God's drawing you to himself, does he not have to teach you about sin? He's letting you know where it came from. God can't be God if sin got in under its own power. God can't be God if God did not declare sin's power. God cannot be God if God did not also, watch this now, define its scope. Is God right when he says all have sinned? Is he right? 
Now, you and I have not met every person on planet Earth, but I believe God is right. Do you? Because I'm that brother that God took down and showed me hell and then brought me out and showed me I'm a sinner. And I know everyone that breathes like me is a sinner just like I am. There's none righteous, no, not one. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We all deserve hell. Do you believe that? That's the work of the Holy Ghost to show you that you can't escape through your friends. You can't escape through the culture. You can't escape through the agendas and trends of the world because everybody got the same problem. Now, see, a real Christian knows that. Why? Because the interpreter is showing him where sin came from, showing him sin's power, showing him sin's scope and range of impact. The interpreter, the scorner also determined sin's limit. Hallelujah! He determined sin's limit, its impact on his own people. You know what the the interpreter has taught you? You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. See, he determines its limits, right? In other words, we know that sin is designed to work for God's glory. But for God's elect, sin will never send us to hell. You can start shouting right now and run around the room because God is the one that decreed it. He means for everything to work together for good to those that love God. He means for your sin, your evil, your wickedness to bring you to Christ, to show you his glory, to humble you before him, to be the means of you saying yes, Lord, to him. Did you get it? That's how he scorns sin and convinces you of him being the judge in your behalf against it. Not only has he determined sin's limit on his people, he says in Romans 6, 14, sin shall not have dominion over you. For you are not under the law, you are under grace. Do you see this mighty interpreter? Do you see this messenger? Do you see how he's scorning sin in your behalf? Are you rejoicing in that? Because he's the only one that can define and decree and declare sin for what it is in a way that it sanctifies you. Hallelujah for the messenger. Now, this brother of whom we are seeing in our text is arrested by the Holy Ghost. He hasn't gone anywhere. He's sitting right there locked in, listening to God convince him of sin. Are you convinced? Got a couple more D's for you here before I move on. Not only does he decree, declare, define, determine, but he demolishes our sin as well. Isn't that good? He demolishes sin's eternal penalty. Hallelujah. What the interpreter did was show the sinner how that God took his sin, her sin, and put it on Christ. And Christ bore our sin in his body on the tree. That man whom God has joined to himself saw his sin in him and then saw his sin on Christ. And now he is moved to wonder what has become of his sin. Well, the Bible has told us that Christ bore it all the way to Calvary, all the way to the cross. And on the cross, he nailed our sins and the ordinances that was against us, that was contrary to us. Watch this. Taking it out of the way, taking it out of the way, taking it out of the way 
taking it out of the way. Taking it out of the way. That brother watched his sin appear in himself, grow in himself, dominate him, and then someone came along, took his sin, and bore it away. Bore it away. Bore it away. Bore it away. He demolishes our sin in the person of Christ. And he does that all in the interest of our eternal soul. I like the imagery that I have here. A Mack truck. No pun intended, Brother Mack, wherever you at in here. A Mack truck coming down the road, 100 miles an hour, and you and your drunken stupor are in the middle of the highway. You are about to be obliterated by that truck. And Christ comes along and turns that truck out of the way. And all you feel is the gust of wind, the gust of wind shaking on your body. God has saved you. God has saved you. God has delivered you. You know you came close to death and didn't even know it. And the Holy Ghost reveals that to you through the gospel by the cross work of Christ. Y'all in the house with me? This is what the interpreter does as he scorns your sin. I'm glad I have a Savior who hates my sin more than I do. Not only did he decree it, declare it, define it, determine it, demolish it, destroy it, but he damned sin. He damned it. Hallelujah. He damned it. He said, curse it. Be my sin. He cursed it in himself. See, the man on the cross is a warrior. He's a man of war. And he waged war against your sin. He cursed your sin. He damned your sin in his own death on the tree. Uh, on the tree. He bore the wrath of God in our stead. Is anybody happy about that? That's the work of the interpreter. That's the work of the interpreter. That's why you want to learn everything you can about Jesus. You want to learn everything you can. He is the revelation of the invisible God. He interprets God for you. He makes God known to you. He reveals God in you by the power of the gospel. Somebody pray. Somebody pray. Let's move on. Let me wrap this up. In our text, we have in verse 28, then he is what to him? Gracious to him. Verse 24, I'm sorry. Then he is gracious unto him. Do you see it? And he says what? Deliver him from going down to the pit. This is where the Spirit of God begins to now draw you into the life of Christ. See the word deliver? The word simply means redeemed. Watch this. God in heaven Demand somebody to pay the price to deliver you from the pit. Guess who paid that price? The interpreter, the messenger. He paid the price to deliver you from the pit. Redeem him from going down to the pit. I have found a what? What's his name? I love his name. Do you love his name? His name is Jesus, for he shall save. His people from their sins. Do you see it? No other name under heaven given among men by which we must be what? God is the one finds a ransom for you. 
he found the ransom in his son. Do you believe that? Next verse, next verse. Here it is. I want to get done. Verse 25. He He says here, his flesh shall be fresher than a what? This is wild. Because in verse 24, God found a ransom. Next thing you know, will you hear me? This man is born again. He's regenerated. He's renewed. The ransom raised him from the dead. It gave him life. It made him like a child all over again. Except you be born again. I'm reminded of Naaman. Go dip in the river seven times. That river Jordan is a picture of Christ. The interpreter bearing all your filth. But you got to dip seven times. And on the seventh time, you come up what? Clean, fresh, brand new. Here we see, here we see redemption. Here we see regeneration. Here we see renewal. And that's what happens when you're born again. That man now is experiencing God washing away his sin. Do you guys remember that day? Do you remember it? Do you remember the day God washed you and you felt like your sins were forgiven? Do you remember that day? That was the day God confirmed the fact that he had forgiven you. Watch this. He shall return to the days of his youth. You know what that means? That's an Old Testament metaphor of being brand new, born again. You're a new creature in Christ. Now you get to walk. If we could, some of us, we'd go back and change a lot of things, wouldn't we? But see, in Christ, God did that for you. You don't have to go back. God did it for you in Christ. He did it. He did it for you in Christ. He did it for you. If you're in Christ, you're new. Isn't that good? New. Not perfect. New. Verse 26. Verse 26. Verse 26. He shall pray unto God. See it? Got it? The evidences of being a newborn babe in Christ is you start talking to God. You start calling on God. You start praying to God. You start the baby talk. Lord, help me. Lord, teach me. Lord, show me. Lord, keep me. Lord, watch over me. Lord, be with me. I'm dumb, Lord. I don't know nothing. Help me. Help me. Is that how it's done? He shall pray unto God, and God will show him grace. Here it is. Let me show you now. And he shall see his face. The he is the newborn believer. The face is Jesus Christ. For Christ is the Peniah of God. He is the face of God. He is the revelation of the invisible God. Watch me now. Watch this. You are not secure in your salvation until you see Jesus as the revelation of the invisible God. Until you are persuaded that God is himself in Christ. And that all that Christ has done, God has done in him for you. As long as you are vacillating on the second person, you still may not know God in the pardon of sins. Because the work of the Holy Ghost is to show you God's righteousness. And what is God's righteousness other than Jesus? Isn't that the second work? He will convince the world of sin and of what? Notice what it says. Look at verse, the latter part. For he will render unto man his what? What? Who is the he? God. What does he mean by render? Y'all with me? Watch this. The word render literally means to pay you back what God owes you. This is wild. 
Do you know that God owes every one of his elect righteousness? Not because of what you did, but because of what Christ did. For Christ won for you an eternal righteousness, which God must render to you. Because when you were in Christ, Christ won it for you on your behalf. When God gives you righteousness, he's giving you what is your own. That is amazing. God's compelled to give it to you. He's compelled to give it to you. Verse 27. I'm winding down. So is my voice. He looks upon men. This is crazy. Now see, this is our God. From heaven, he looks upon men. Capture this, child of God. Don't ever think that God doesn't care. He looks. Wait, are you with me? God's looking. I love this because this is the exact opposite of the term he did not perceive it. The man heard God's voice and didn't perceive it, right? Why? The word perceived there means he didn't care. He wasn't looking. He wasn't intentional. He had no concern about God, but God had concern about him. Do you see it? Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? God looketh upon the sons of men. Does he not? He looks upon the son. What is man that you are mindful of him or the son of man that you should visit him? We love our God because he is deeply interested in men, deeply interested in sinners, deeply interested in the souls of men. Don't you ever forget it. God is interested in the souls of men. He looks down and he says, if any say what? The three words that you must know how to say from your heart in order to affirm the forgiveness of sins. Isn't that what we learned from David last week? David had come to realize he had to do what? Confess his sin. God looks down to see if anyone has had a work of grace by which the Spirit of God has revealed their sin to them and them own it. And own it because they are confident that if they own their sin, God will own their sin. Are you with me? If they own their sin, they have been taught by the interpreter that Christ will own their sin. If anyone says, I have sinned and did what? Perverted that which is right, and it did not what? See, that's what is meant to confess sin. I've sinned. I did the wrong thing every day of my life, and it never profited me. See, you're on your way to glory now. Verse 28, verse 28, here it is. God will deliver his soul from going down to the pit, and he will cause him to see Jesus I am the light of the world. If any man follow me, he will never walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes unto the Father but by me. God brings you to Christ, cuts the lights on, makes Christ your whole theology, your whole thesis, everything to you. And now that man is on his way to glory, is he not? Watch this next verse. I'm done. Watch it. Here it is. Here it is. Lo, all these things. Who works? Who does the work? Let me give you two words. In verse 14, God speaks. In verse 29, God works. 
Why, Pastor? Because salvation is of the Lord. Amen. Studying God's Word that we might show ourselves approved, that we might come to a deeper love and understanding of God's amazing love for us in Jesus Christ. This has been Way of Grace with Pastor Jesse Gastand from Grace Bible Church here in Hayward. We are always delighted and grateful that you take a few moments to spend with us, that we might, again, study to show ourselves approved. And as we leave you today, we would also leave you with an invitation to join us for worship in person. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Pastor Jessica Stand and Grace Bible Church of Hayward, please consider this a formal invitation to spend Sundays with us. 11 a.m. is the worship service, 10 a.m. if you would like to join us for Sunday school. And don't forget, Friday evenings at 8 p.m., we have enjoyed a marvelous time of studying God's Word with brothers and sisters in Christ from a variety of churches all over the Bay Area. That's at 8 p.m. Friday evenings. For directions and more information, simply stop by our website, grace-bible.com. That's grace-bible.com. Or give us a call, 510-886-9782. That's 510-886-9782. If you're looking for a copy of today's program, you can either contact us by phone or mail. Send $5 and we'll get a CD out to you. Or stop by grace-bible.com and download the audio file for free. The address, if you're writing to us, is 22768 Main Street, Hayward, California. 94541 is our zip code. And one final note as we conclude our time together today. We're able to come to you daily here on KFAX because of friendships and partnerships with people such as you who see the value of this ministry. Now, while it is free to listen to, for us, there is a cost, and we are a listener-supported ministry. No matter the size of your gift, it's greatly appreciated. So would you take a moment and pray about it and then contact us with your gift today? 510-886-9782 is our phone number, or write to us, 22768 Main Street, Hayward, California, 94541. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. Until next time, God bless.